The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy. Thanks for listening to the On Purpose Growth Podcast. Let us know what you thought in the comment section. For more from On Purpose Growth, go to onpurposegrowth.com. Subscribe here at BLTV for all of our content, including the daily Learn About Law podcast, Seize Your Business, Making Real Estate Fun, and Logical Logistics podcast, brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the On Purpose Growth podcast. Today, I've got a, an awesome guest one of the most realist people uh, I, I've met uh, ever, and you guys will understand that as as we get into this, uh, Adil Amarsi, uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about copywriting, and, and this guy has amazing skills in copywriting, so we're going to be talking about how to take um, written word sales and convert it into uh, revenue, or if you're already doing that, he's going to be talking about ways to increase that revenue. So a little bit of background on a deal, uh, you know, growing up, uh, he had a really interesting childhood, you know, watching game shows with his dad and uh, battling out with uh, his sister, you know, the TV, and he had some interesting tactics on how to, uh, to, to get what he wants by uh, working his dad and his sister. And, and he'll probably tell us a little bit about that. And, you know, from all of this, you know, watching game shows and um, all his sales background, knocking on doors to writing copy, he's really learned and mastered the skill of uh, the sales written word uh, to the point that, uh, and he may correct me on this. I think he's uh, generated at least, you know, 500 or $700 million in, uh, in up seven, $700 million in sales just with his ability to write sales copy. So you're going to want to sit back and pay attention, take notes. We're going to go to places you, you can't even imagine during this time. So, um, so, uh, let's, just, you know, drive into the meat and bones of this, uh, the copywriting. I, I covered your background. So let's just dive into, uh, you know, copywriting. And, you know, let's start with this is, um, what do you think is one of the most important things that, that you understand about the prospects or, or what people want to hear that you uh, interject into copywriting? Uh, so, Brian, thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Uh, just a couple of things. So the $700 million thing, that is from what I could track. And one of my junior writers actually pointed this out to me. He goes, by the way, do you ever track how much money you've made on the free consultations that you've done? I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you do a lot of free consultations. Well, no, not free. You, pay, you buy me a gift. But the 15-minute consultations, um, he was like, do you ever track how much money they make? I'm like, no. He goes, well, one of the guys has like done a hundred grand from one of the from just one of the calls that you did with him like last year. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I was talking to him. He goes, he goes, Oh, you work with adults. Like, yeah. Tell him I said, thanks for this. It was insane. Uh, and he goes, and you don't count. How many of these do you have that you don't really know about or you don't count? So the real number is actually a lot higher. I just count 700 million because that's what I can count. Yeah. Um, the number is probably close to a billion. Billion. It's yeah. amazing. Much man. That. So to answer your question directly right off the bat, um, and for those wondering, I don't know if this is going to be on video. If you can see the video, I am wearing yeah. a giant cuddly uh, hoodie, 
which I'm probably going to take off in about five minutes because it is hot and nice and warm now because my, my, my office was cold. So I decided to put this on instead uh, for a couple of minutes because I like to do shit like this and it's comfortable. But anyway, kind of getting back to the point here. Um, so to answer your question specifically, what I see when it comes down to copy, uh, actually, could you remind me of the question? Because like my brain's thinking. Yeah, so, so, oh no, you're good. So um, what is one of the most important things that people have to understand about copy oh, that allows it to, yeah. Okay, so like the thing is you want to get into the mindset of people. And this is a skill that I know that I possess because I studied a hell of a lot of it. And I do a lot of stuff with people reading and I'm, I'm mm. an empath naturally. So I like a little bit of an advantage, but even if you don't have the advantage, I spend so much time reading books on body language, on human psychology, on what makes us tick. I've written in over 400 markets, including the dating space, the self-development space, the NLP space, the body language space, the survival. Basically, I've put people in so many different emotional states mm. through copy that I've basically understood the universal understanding underlying what conversation looks like when it's written. It's one of the reasons why my 1725 checklist is arguably considered by many one of the most, it, it's my holy grail of how I write copy, but a lot of people have seen it have all universally agreed. They're like, holy crap, the way that you write copy just makes so much more mm -hmm. sense because you tread the line between logic and emotion. You mm. walk that middle line, which is where you want to be. Now, there are lots of nuances in between. So the way that you know what your customer wants and what's out there, say if you're not an empath and you haven't got years of experience like I do, um, so like since like 13 years at the time of this recording, um, professionally in nearly 20 years next year, how crazy is that? I mean, yeah, nearly crazy. Two decades. 32 years old next year, two decades of experience. Anyway, uh, what I'm going to get at is if you're not that person, if you're not like me, if you don't have those gifts, the very first thing that you do is pick up the laws of human nature by Robert Greene mm -hmm. and read on the four phases of humanity, specifically how we go from uh, uncomfortability to comfortability from, oh, sorry, comfortability to uh, uncomfortability to a little bit more comfortability that comfortability to complacency, complacency to all that uh, laziness and chaos, hmm. which then leads back to uncomfortability. So it's a constant cycle. Yeah, yeah it's a constant cycle. Like, yeah, so you have like the people that are, so right now each group, like the millennials crave, so gen, boomers, gen Y, gen X, uh, sorry, boomers, gen X, millennials, and gen Z or gen Z, uh, they all have four separate needs that need to be met based on where they're at. Boomers hmm. like independence. That was the whole thing. Like the older generation, they really, really like independence. They're like, you know what? Independence is our thing, but we like order. They like order. Sorry, that was it. The old generation, they like order. Yeah. Gen X, they like rebellion because they were latchkey kids. So they learn individualism. That was their thing. They were very individualistic, self-reliant. They looked after themselves. They kind of have that whole mentality that, you know what? This is what we like. We like to have rebellion and individuality that's us then the millennials came along and millennials if i remember correctly i think ours was something to do with uh no gen x was rebellion gen mm -hmm. millennials was uh having community kind of like having that stability oh, of yeah, what's yeah. going around connectedness gen, yes and uh -huh. then of course the last the last generation gen z they're all about community to the extreme division where it's like all about unity as one is that's mm. what they want. They want to lead, They want to reach that level of high level of consciousness where everyone is one and no one is offended. Uh, unfortunately, that's not how humans work. So we're <laughs> yeah, actually right. heading back into the last cycle, into the first cycle, which is hard times make. Uh, what was it? 
tough times make tough people. Yeah. Uh, tougher times make um, tough people make easier times. Easier time makes uh, soft people. Soft people make tough times. That's basically kind of the running cycle that we're running on right now. So if you understand this as an advertiser or as a person that's selling something, you can very, very quickly learn how to persuade things and people into place to buy from you and hire you. There is uh, almost a, it's almost, uh, what was it? There's so much data on this that you can see that a person that can stand in front of a tsunami is going to make, the, like a financial tsunami is going to come out on top. And this is your financial tsunami. I'll give you guys, do you mind if I give you guys an example? It's a bit of an go, exclusive example. Go, man, go, go, go. So one of my clients works in the survival market and they're doing about 1.2 million a year. Um, conservative marketplace, you know, hey, collapse of the world, prep mm-hmm. it. You know, you got to get things done. And most of his audience are conservative. They're very like red state kind of people. So what he did, and he's a very red state kind of guy. He's a very conservative guy. So what I did was I got him to write a promotion and buy a a list from a liberal, uh, from a liberal list. I wanted a list of people that were just 100% liberals. They had never voted conservative in their entire life. I don't care how far left they went. I wanted them from center left. You're the people I want. And he goes, you're crazy. I was like, damn right I am. Here's how this is going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I basically told him, write them either an email or more personally, if you can, can, you can afford to write a letter or if not run ads. In the end, we had to run ads. We couldn't get a list from somewhere. So we had to run ads specifically to liberal people in the US. Um, and we basically sent them to a very specific sales page. And the sales page was just a video. The video was like, hey, I know you don't like me. I'm a conservative and I totally get it. But if you go, if you skip this video, if you run away and hide, you're putting your life and the lives of your family in danger. Right now, we all know what's really going on. The president's out of control. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Food storages and supplies are running out like crazy. People went crazy over the last toilet. The, was it toilet paper storage? Mm-hmm. What more do you think is going to happen now? And if you're like me and you're seeing the patterns and you've been expecting this for a long time, I've been quietly helping mostly conservative people prep and get ready for what they need to have. But right now, I would be doing a disservice to my fellow man and woman or child by not allowing them to have access to the same information to give you the best chance of surviving the possible coming apocalypse or the possible uh, winter that we're about to be facing where a lot of people are going to lose jobs and have instability for a very long time. So here's what I have for you. And then we went directly into uh, what his product was and said the way, and every time we introduce something in his product, say the way that I figured this out or the way this came about was this, that, the other, mm-hmm. and this is how it will help you. And at the end, it said, look, I, I'm not here to pitch my politics to you. And you may disagree with what a lot of I, or with what, or with a lot of what I stand for. I'm not asking you to stay as my email subscriber. I am asking you, however, to protect your family and make sure that you look after yourself in the coming months. Uh, and it is my civic and civil duty to make sure that every American, conservative, liberal, or otherwise, um, or what was it, otherwise aligned, politically aligned, or... Uh, uh, what was it politically aligned to have the ability to still make it through to the other side i look forward to seeing you your compatriot in arms and to your survival and then signed it off and that's basically what we did it was like a 77 dollars sale we did over a quarter million in sales in three weeks 
It was, so is it, it, what was it? Is, is it the, the, that I'll call liberal slash kind of profile? Uh, are they somewhere in that cycle you were talking about and you were talking to that cycle? Yeah, it's, well, it's, I'm also talking about the human psychology, which is survival. Oh, so it doesn't matter liberal or uh, conservative. Well, at the end of the day, we kind of reached a place in our society, if we really look at this, we've reached a place in our society where we have the comfort to disagree and be black and white with someone over their fucking politics. Yeah. Okay. We're at that level. Let's go back 400 years. It's now cold and it's the dead of winter. You have no food, you have no clothes, you have nowhere to stay. What do you do? Do you actually bitch about the fact that some conservative asshole is in power, some liberal dickhead is in power? No, you're about how do I survive and make sure that I don't die this winter and tonight? How do I make sure that I eat and my family are taken care of? That's where you go to basic yeah. level instincts. We've reached a pinnacle where that is no longer even a thought anymore. Like, yeah, fair enough. We have like homelessness now, like kind of like converging. But look at it before COVID. We reached the level, of, a pinnacle of comfort that we got way too comfortable with that we started spouting off our theories and blocking people based on the slightest disagreements. Which again, if you go back 20 years, no one really gave a shit. They were like, look, you don't agree with me? Fine. You don't agree with me. I don't agree with you. We can agree to disagree and still be friends. We can still respect each other. There's I'm not getting on my soapbox about that. <laughs> there was like something there. So because of this, there's a lot of divide. So the reason that led to work was I, I immediately addressed that divide. Yeah. Which is, <clears throat> hey, you're a liberal. I'm a conservative. We need to talk. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that tone that we had because like the whole page was very, very basic. It was a black background. It was a video in the middle. There was no order button. It was just a regular conversation. I had my guy basically sit down on a chair, um, on a high chair, foot down, sat there straight to the camera, red in the background, blue, like the red, white, and blue in the background. And he had it there. And he did his entire bit as he did close the deal. It was really, really simple. <laughs> and the reason it worked was if you look at the wording that we had, sorry, yeah. we to jump no, in. no, you're okay. If you, the, if you look at the wording that we had, the arc that we took you on, was you're my you're someone that doesn't like me. I have no ill will against you. I'm here as a humanitarian. I'm actually here to give you something that would help. And what you're saying is that whether you're conservative or liberal, if you're an American, you're usually very patriotic. Mm -hmm. You're actually taught to be very patriotic, patriotic from a young age. Because of that, now I'm actually appealing to the larger thing that works and governs you. If your politics don't unite you, your, patriot uh, your patriotism mm. does. Your patriotic love of like, we're Americans, this is what we do. <laughs> so it appeals to that and that's basically how we did it. And that so hit like another quarter million. So. That's amazing. Just in three weeks, right? Uh, the, yeah, I'm weeks. sure it did more after that. Uh, so it sounds like there are some basic human motivators that if you stick to those principles you can you can kind of skirt by the surface level stuff and go deep and talk directly to that that's actually what you always want to do like you want to go um deeper than people are willing to actually let themselves go and that's what a copywriter's real job is like the great late gary halbert said this best and he said it was the reason why copywriting isn't for everyone is because a real copywriter has to go to the depths of the human soul that are so deep and disgusting that you have to look under dark rocks to find what's really there. And when you find it, 
that's when you know you hit pay dirt and you're right with that. And it is painful. Like being a copywriter is not for the faint hearted. Like I will put that out. It is not for the faint hearted. So I, I can imagine that personally you've gone, gone to deep, dark places to be able to articulate this massively. Like, um, look, cause I live in my client's head. So like once I get a client, I live in their voice for a while. Oh, so I, I love I've that. Very, I've, I've become very selective about who I work with because I had an incident where, um, I embodied my character, my client's voice so much that it impacted how I spoke to other people. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's why, cause like, uh, I, I used to put myself in levels of trances when I used to try and get to my client's voice. So like I would, uh, listen to their voice before I go to bed I'd listen to their voice when I'm waking up, I play their voice on my iPod while I'm sleeping, uh, on loop until I remember every single detail about our conversation. And mm. this used to make me really good. So when I actually sat down to write their letter, I sounded like them. I, I was them. Um, but I realized that became detrimental. So the way that I've separated it out now is I now record it and I listen to the client's voice and I can, I've kind of changed it. So I've used my empathic ability to more understand someone's feelings mm. and what they're trying to say rather than the words they're telling me. Because if I can capture the feeling, I can have a lot more range to play with. Yeah. Because, oh man, got lots of questions here. So is it because the, the, uh, I just want to remember. So uh, I want to talk about feelings to words and also talk about, uh, like we use in our business, something called voice of the client. Right. And, and I like what you said. Um, and so a question, a future question is about you're getting, it sounds like you're getting into the head of the client you're working with and their client, their potential client, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I stated that so we can come back to it, but talk to me about the importance of getting into the feelings to get to the words versus the, the opposite. Okay. So I, it, it's kind of like if I, if all I did was understand your words and how you say them, I will never understand what you're really trying to say. Because mm. what you can say to me is I'm really angry right now. Oh, I'm really pissed off at the country right now. I can't believe this shit's going on. Okay. Hmm. What's the real feeling underneath it? I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm also sad because my freedom's being taken away and I can't go outside right now. I know it's for the greater good because it's the law, but at the same time, it's stupid and I want to go outside and I want to see people. I miss people. Let's say that's the whole thing with the current climate right now. Mm-hmm. What's more effective? I'm angry or me saying to you, I'm currently very upset because the feeling I'm feeling is that of someone trapped, someone that is caged, Mm. someone that can't go out and feel themselves and feel freedom. And more importantly, I feel like all of us are in the same boat. Like how many of us are actually currently feeling like we can't go out versus I'm really angry at this COVID thing. Are you angry too? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Which one's going to give you like the first one, the second one's going to give you a, a, a bigger reaction because it's stupid and easy, mm-hmm. but the second is going to give you a deeper reaction because it's a heavier impact. And the deeper reaction leads to money. Mm. <laughs> the surface reaction leads to like you getting essentially social being jerked off socially. Like, oh, look at how great you are. Good for you. Fine. That's all it is. If that doesn't convert to money, what's the point? Yeah, so it sounds like, you kind of immerse well, yourself in the feeling. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say very quickly, what I mean to say, it's not always about the money because obviously you want to be vulnerable and be who you are, but also be real on, does it help or hinder you? 
Because if your thing is all about getting engagement only and you're not, and anything deep you post is not getting great engagement, guess what? You're now not, like when you post your deep spiritual thought process on how you sell or what you do as a living, you're going to get crickets. So you need to build that relationship with them so they know what they're getting. Hmm. Be your real self. So going back to you, so I had to like really like. Oh, no, that, that was, that was priceless. So, so it sounds like you, you, you're, you're, you get into the feelings and allow the words to come out because the feeling is what produces it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's never like, a, it's a case of like when I speak to a client and I ask them, uh, tell me about your story. Realistically, I will ask them a couple of questions. And within about three questions, they figured out what their real story is. And sometimes I just shush my clients and I hate doing it, but I'm like, oh, okay, hold on, I got it, I got it. Like, what do you mean? It's like, I've got it. Like, what do you mean you yeah. got it? It's like, I got it, here we go. And then I just go and they're like, wait, how are you able to tell my story better than me? I'm like, because I understand the feelings of what you're actually trying to say, not just what you're saying. Because what comes out of your mouth is like a third of what you're trying to explain. Yeah, yeah, right. You're you're able to articulate it better than them. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a saying that my friend Jesse Elder said years ago that stuck with me is oh. if you can if you can ex, if you can articulate and explain someone's problem to them better than they can explain it to themselves, then you have a customer for life. Yeah, yeah. I the, I love Jesse. I've uh, done some work with him, and that he's a phenomenal human being, and and he gets exactly what you described. That's oh, awesome. For sure. I mean, it's cool because I actually had him on my show a couple of weeks ago, uh, like a month ago. Sorry. It's a really good dude. Yeah. So uh, what it sounds like to me is where, where people succeed is they dive deeper into um, the, the thought process and feelings tied to that versus, you know, staying, you know, surface level on copywriting. So does that mean like you have to have you know, like long form copy uh, or can you still have the ability to, to, to talk, you know, in, in more short firm and or doesn't it matter? Let's see. It does, it does matter to some degree. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean by it. So the reason that matters to some degree is quite simple. If you look at something like, uh, the whole idea of length comes to mind always because people like to say, how long should a sales letter be? Mm -hmm. I'm going to quote Winston Churchill badly for this because I can't remember the actual quote, but something along the lines, if I remember correctly, uh, it should be as long, not sales letters, but it's like on interesting pieces of conversation. It should be as long as a woman's skirt. It should be like a woman's skirt, long enough to cover all the details, but short enough to keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. Sometimes that could be a 20-page sales letter because you're actually giving someone all the information out there. For the idiots out there that say long form doesn't work, go fuck yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. You little dumbass motherfucker that hasn't studied psychology long enough or doesn't have the balls to say this and test this. And if you have, I'd love to see your data sets. Yeah. Sorry, I really would. Because here's the real reason to it. And an ex of mine who is not a copywriter, my camera's just off. Don't worry, it's fine. We'll come back on. Um, My ex who was not a copywriter came to a business uh, event, like business dinner with me. Drayton Bird was there. Drayton's a very good friend of mine, classic legend of the copywriting world. And he was, he was asked, why would you go long or for, short form? And he was like, long form, long form works. And no, oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work. And my ex turned to me and she goes, that guy's an idiot. The guy that was arguing with Drayton. I was like, why? He goes, because long form gives me all the details I need. Mm. Short form <laughs> skips them. 
fair enough. Long form could be a bitch to read. Yes, you can be, you can be convinced to buy the thing from the ad, but there's the long form sales page. Do you know why that's there? Because if anyone ever comes back to kick your ass and tell you you didn't say something or you didn't promise something, you didn't do anything, you missold them, you're like, you can point back to that sales letter and be like, yeah. I gave you all the information that you needed. Exactly. Where did I swindle you? <laughs> that will save your ass. If you have a no money back guarantee, like there's no money back guarantee on your sales page, guess what? Now no one can come at you and be like, hey, I want my money back. You're like, I'm sorry, but you agreed to this when you bought it. There is no refunds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's yes. like there, there's a lot there's a lot that a sales that can save your ass on. Mm. So so you're not only it sounds like when you're when you're when you're writing these and thinking about them, you're not only thinking about how do I persuade somebody and get in their head and have them buy something, but also protect uh, the person you're you're collaborating with and their business by uh, you know not not saying things you shouldn't or whatnot. Exactly. I'm trying to, what, what I'm doing with anything that I do in terms of copy is I like to make sure that I have a complete understanding of what is going to trigger them to say no to me. Because the ultimate reason of what I write copy when I write copy is to remove as much humanly fear as possible from you from saying yes mm. to me. Ah, Because like I view copy as dating. Okay. That's what it is to me. Copy is dating. If you look at the way that I write sales letters, I write them as if they were a conversation on a date. Because I hmm. want people to feel like, hey, I feel like I'm getting to know this person. I feel excited for having a really good time. By the way, I'm just playing with my lights in the background. Yeah, you're fine. You're good. <laughs> um, but that's basically what it is, is I want people to see that I have, uh, that they have no doubt on why they should, they should hmm. buy from me. Because all their doubt is gone. They're like, wait a second, hold on. This dude is, they understand what I'm trying to say. They get where I'm coming at. They understand what's there. They've removed all the fear. Essentially, at the end of the day, and when I go back to the whole dating thing, you're trying to take someone home back to your place that you just met at that bar that night. You need to remove as much humanly fear mm-hmm. of them that you're a good person. You won't abuse them and they can go home in the morning or anytime they choose. Mm-hmm. They have to feel safe. That's just a life lesson for everything in life. Make someone feel safe. They'll always be with you. Right. So, and that's yeah. what happens in copy. So are you basically breaking somebody down and then building them back up with that copy? No, God, no. I have this whole thing where I don't like selling on pain. Okay. I use, I use like about 20% pain and 80% pleasure. And the pain is really just kind of going, Hey, I'm not going to stab you or trip you up. I'm just going to pull you out the piranha pit and show you what piranhas you have on you. Uh And then like tell you how I used to have piranhas on me and how I got rid of those piranhas and how I'm on the way to the promised land again, by making my trip back for some other people, uh, show them the way, by the way, do you want to be one of the people I show the way to the promised land to you do great. Join my cavalcade. We'll go this way. (laughs) Yay. That's basically what I'm doing. So my sales letter's entire thing is conversation. Because mm. if you're dating someone, the last thing you really want to do is break someone down. You don't want to affect their self-esteem negatively because they might call you an asshole and not like you. Which is the same reason why people go, I don't like pe- putting people in pain. Because painful people actually trauma bond. They bond over their trauma and go, oh, you've done it too. So I must buy this because it's going to automatically fix me. Yeah. Uh, whereas people are seeking pleasure and really understand things like, oh, I understand there's work to do, but I'll get this end result and I'm totally into it. 
So the yeah. question really lies in, do you want a thousand customers who are in pain that never really finish the program and buy everything that comes out, but ultimately refund or don't really give you the same loyalty that you deserve because they're only loyal to you until they find someone that really understands them or, and gives them pleasure, or would you rather have a customer group of 500 people that literally buy everything or your mm -hmm. super fans are raving and demanding you sell more stuff every single day and no matter what you bring out, they will buy it all the time. I mean, I take a hundred of those motherfuckers. And I'll yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, so it sounds like uh, you're in the copy, you're acknowledging their pain, but then attaching it to the, the person who is, is, is doing the selling and letting them carry it. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So what I'm doing is I'm taking that pain and going, hey, listen, this is going to hurt. This is a truth. Because like my copy really doesn't explore pain as much, as much as it just calls out a truth that is uncomfortable. Mm. Like for instance, if you can't make $2,000 in the next 30 days extra on top of what you're doing, then you're doing this entrepreneurship really, really badly. Like this entrepreneur thing really badly. Um, if you want to know how you can do this and more using a reliable system, then read every word below. And then I get into hmm. the conversation. It gives them enough of an open loop to jump in, but it doesn't insult their intelligence or insult them in any single way. It just challenges them and then gives them the pleasure of knowing that they're going to find the answer. Yeah. And the answer is never, the answer is never the product. The answer is in the copy and the product is like how you apply the answer. Uh, ex explain that because that was freaking golden. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I love that. I, explain that a little bit more. Okay. So uh, I'll give you an example because I love examples. So say for instance, uh, Give me a market. Any market will do. I don't care what market it is. Um, uh, health, like uh, weight yes. loss. Let's say weight loss. So let's say I'm going to make up a product that is not FTC compliant. So I want to make sure that no one can rip this off. It's going to be 100% mm -hmm. hypey and ridiculous because I don't like hype and I don't like ridiculous. But we'll show you the way it works. Discover how you can use, uh, how, discover how you can lose 30 pounds in the next 45 days using a simple holistic diet that doesn't, that still lets you eat pizza, dot, dot, dot. If you've ever wanted to go on a training diet, but you always love to have pizza, then read every word below as I show you how to drop them pounds. And then I go into the whole, it wasn't that long ago that I myself was a little bit chubby than I wanted to be. In fact, after the whole COVID thing, my body kind of went backwards on me and I started to put on fat in places I never thought I'd see ever again. Like I never thought I'd see fat on again. I mean, and then in brackets, I was like, who gets fat on their ankles? I mean, seriously, haha. -ha. Just something humorous. Like <laughs> yeah, right, right. Ask them. And then you kind of go into, and that's really where the problem came in. I was a fat PT. Who the hell wants to hire a fat personal trainer? No one wants to hire a fat personal trainer. So I decided to find a way that I could still work out and basically indulge in all my glutinous, uh, lovely foods, such as pizzas, burgers, and uh, potato chips. Like, how could I actually still incorporate that into an incredible diet and still lose 40, 30 to 45 pounds of negative body weight and get back into a shape that I look like? By the way, this is what I look like before and after picture. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. before, after, during COVID and after COVID. So you have like the entire thing. As you can see, I've always been a fairly ripped guy, but of course COVID kind of turned me into a bit of a butterball and now I'm back to being fit and healthy. And I gotta let you in on a little secret. The first time you saw me fit and healthy, I was miserable. I was eating all the right foods. Yeah, I looked great, but I felt terrible. Like I just felt like my whole life was trying to keep up this appearance for someone else. I got to admit to you, 
I love pizza. And when Jocko Wilnick said that he hated donuts, man, it broke my heart because I love donuts. And that's exactly where I came up with my diet system. But we'll get into that in a second. I'm going to show you how to, I'm going to show you in the, over the course of this letter how eliminating three simple foods from your quote unquote otherwise healthy diet um, will drastically change the way that your body reacts. And more importantly, how it burns everything that comes in as energy for your body to keep working. So you can still have that pizza, that soda, all the foods that you want, but you have it at the time that's right for you. But before we get into that, let me introduce myself. Hi, my name is James Tony. I am former WBC World Boxing Champion, Heavyweight Champion, all these stuff. I'm just using James Tony for the fuck. Yeah. You can use, it could be James Michaels, all I care. Yeah. I don't care who it is. Um, they're this person, they've got these credentials, they've done this amazing thing. And then you go into the story of discovery. As I told you, I was having the whole thing where I was like really in shape, but miserable. And then I was fat because of COVID and I got back in shape. And now I'm happy because I can eat all these foods. And I told you at the very start of this lesson, that I'll, I'll make you a promise that I'd tell you exactly what, what to avoid or whatever it is. And I'll say that the simple answer is this. And then I go into the copy and explain why that one thing is so important. And then mm -hmm. I transition out into what the product is and why I got to that discovery. So the mechanism in this could be... Uh, an essential oil, like three things that you need to eliminate from yeah. your diet right away that, that are healthy. You can just say uh, kale, onions, and tomatoes. Get rid of those three from your actual diet, like raw tomatoes. The reason that they do that is one is a poison, one is inflammatory, and the other one just really doesn't sit right because it tastes gross. Ha ha, whatever it is that you like. If you like <laughs> kale, you can keep it in, but eliminate the other two. So you're giving them something to do. Mm. And then you say, so you teach the mechanism, what the mechanism is. You eliminate these two things. This is why you eliminate them. This is what goes on to your body when you eliminate it. By the way, here's what my life looks like afterwards. So how do you get away with eating tomato sauce and not having tomatoes as like raw? Well, because you remove the skin. The skin is actually the big reason mm. why it doesn't blah, 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 all this other stuff that's in there. For some reason, or you can just say, I'm not really sure why. But when I tested the two together, it turned out the tomato sauce really good for the body. Toma raw, raw tomatoes, really bad for the body. Didn't really understand why. Onions, inflammatory, slight poison. They're really messy with us. We have too much um, or whatever it is. And then key thing here is you kind of loop back to say, so the big, so how do you solve all this problem? Well, you go through a training program that allows you mm. to do X, Y, and Z that allows you to have all these things. And that's exactly what I did. I documented my entire progress and in 45 days, I lost 30, 45 pounds. I've helped other clients do the same thing. Here's what they say. And then mm -hmm. we're going to, uh, actually, it's not here's what they say. So I've helped these people lose weight. Yep. But before I get into that, before you hear from them, here's what the program's about. Introduce your program, and then you do your testimonials, and then you have the rest of the letter to complete from there on in. But that's the reason why you do it. You tell them mm -hmm. how, uh, you tell them what they need to do, how, like what they need to get rid of. And then how they do it is by going through your program. Mm -hmm. First of all, I want to acknowledge that you literally just made that up and it was amazing, yeah. right? That, that was freaking amazing. And second, it, uh, it sounds like you basically give the people the answer. They just don't know the how to do it. And that's what you provide. Yeah. Cause I, I noticed that there's many people that miss, miss that part. They, uh, uh, they hold back the answer uh, and they, uh, from your experience, are they, are they, missing a lot of people because they're kind of holding back the answer? No, because you can totally run with that one as well. It's really how you present the argument. So like I have the whole thing with like, let's just take the exact same product and let's do it the other way where I hold back the answer. Okay. And, I say, and so you just kind of do the whole introduction as you would anyway. 
And then when you get to the point in introducing the product, what you say instead is like, so the way that I came across this was quite simple. I lost a bunch of weight. I was miserable as all hell. I put on a bunch of weight during COVID. I love pizzas, burgers, and, you know, potato chips because we all do. Uh, and then I realized what my body looked like. So I started getting back in shape and I started wanting to be the fat PT. So I did. And during that time, I documented everything I did in order to get into this weight loss so quickly. In fact, I've used this exact same uh, workout routine for my brother and my sister-in-law to help them lose weight. And the moment you're going to hear from them. But before I get, and that's, uh, so it wasn't until I fully sat down and pawed this into a manageable system that anyone else can really use and replicate that I realized what I had in my hands. It was the final blueprint to help someone of this type of body type lose this amount of weight in X amount of time by simply replicating the same exercises. Now, if you're of a different body type, uh, these exercises, of course, the results may vary because this was made for a very specific body type in mind. But if you're having any problems, reach out to us more than happy to help. So, and that, and you can just say that, or you can just say uh, one of the key, and that's the, so by going through this discovery, or actually I'd use that last part and use that in the, later on in the copy, mm -hmm. what I'd use in that section would be as a transition. It's like, so what's in, so that's exactly how I created the super fat loss <laughs> blueprint uh, for ectomorphs or for mesomorphs. Um, and then I go into detail about the course and the content because I don't give them an answer. I tell them that I created something mm -hmm. that allows me, that, that I created something that allowed me to like lose that weight. I replicated and tested it, and now I've created it into a program so someone else can use it. So hmm. I'm still hitting the same emotional points, but I'm not doing the same, uh, I'm not doing the whole thing where I'm telling you an answer first and getting you in. I'm just yeah. telling you what the answer is, which is my training. But I'm so not posing a question. So is there a distinction between the two of like result or why you want to do that? Or is it just kind of how you're just how you're writing that copy that day? It really just kind of depends on how I feel. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's it sounds like the feel thing. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's clear that your feel and intuition is golden. So, <laughs> uh, so I appreciate you sharing all that. And, you know, before we were hopping on, we were, we were talking about some interesting stuff and it, it, it sounds like you've done a lot of self discovery for yourself that allows you to get into the mind of other people. So talk about the value of that, because I'll just preface it with this is I've done a lot for myself and um, it's, it's a scary place for people to go. Uh, and when you go to those scary places, they help you and your clients more. So uh, share with me and, and everybody else, you know, what's how you've done this. It's kind of weird because like it all started out with, so to give you guys an idea, I had a bunch of suicidal uh, attempts when I was in my teens, so I had about seven uh, as a teenager and I survived all of them, which is cool. But the problem was I started to, uh, when I got into business, I started to really try and like make something of it. And I always tried to go and do things and I found self-development actually helped stop me wanting to kill myself. So that's how I became addicted to like the feeling of not wanting to die, essentially to be alive. I, I became addicted to being alive. How, mm -hmm. how silly of me to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Such a silly notion. You shouldn't be addicted to being alive. But I was. So around this time, I started looking at different, I started looking at things a little differently. Specifically, I started looking at things from the perspective of, okay, um, 
I've got to go. I've got to do all these other things. And for a really long time, I've done everything from NLP to NAC to uh, CB, was it CBT? Like, uh, what was it? Something behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it's actually called, what it stands for, but there's like a whole bunch of stuff that, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we did. Like I did, but for some reason, none of it really stuck. Hmm. And um, I went through this thing a couple of years ago where I like reconnected to my emotions. I felt a lot better and I got really, really good. And like we said, right before the call, the reason why it's made me a better writer is because it's helped me understand myself better. And by understanding myself, I'm able to understand others. So I can Mm. actually have more compassion for them. And again, that allows me to write deeply and more emotionally. Now where it gets really interesting and this is kind of like a very powerful point is someone like, as we were discussing, it's going to sound crazy what a belief and decision you make in childhood because you don't understand can do to you. Now, my mentor and my friend Gregory, if you guys want me to introduce you to him, please send me a message. I'll be happy to do so. Um, Gregory basically helped me figure out what my inner saboteur was. And I think I've told you before the call, but I'll just share it with everyone if it's mm-hmm. cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm not going into too much de- detail, but essentially my inner saboteur said that it made the decision when I was young that I wasn't meant to be alive. I could never be loved and I should always ask for permission. <clears throat> That's three very, very debilitating things when you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. <laughs> Just by the nature of what we do, my cat's way, because you can see like- Oh, that's all good in the corner. Just (laughs) chilling himself out, cleaning. Um, You you can't be an entrepreneur and keep asking for permission because Mm. it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Uh, It's easier to do that. There's also, like the way I put it was, it felt like I was playing this entire game with one hand tied behind my back and the other hand was pulling a resistance band. Oh, like that was very difficult to play this game and you know for a guy that's got the results that i've got that's got the credibility that i have like to give you an idea like just today as we're recording this i told you i'll let everyone know holland kilstein said said that my copy was awesome if you guys don't know how much of a big deal that is that's like really really weird because holland and i do get along but we just we're not close close like i'm not close Mm -hmm. to him he's still like holland kilstein like this ace dude that i remember back in the day and for him to turn around and give me props is kind of insane. I've had this from John Benson. I've heard from Trevor Tokrak Crook. I've had Drayton Bird say this about me. So it's been like, I've had a who's who. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, my internal dialogue said that if I'm not meant to be here, I can never be loved and I need mm-hmm. permission to be great or permission to be myself, actually. That right there means nothing to me because my brain will find negative responses to flood mm-hmm. that other previous belief. So when I shifted around... I'm not going to give you guys, the, I'll tell you the full thing because it's only like two small like paragraphs. Yeah. It's three lines, really. Uh, three sentences. And that is, I changed that belief to us. I am meant to be alive. I am so loved, so very loved. And I put that in particular there. And then I am absolutely, I am absolutely 100% allowed to be, um, what was it? To be my absolute real mm-hmm. self 100% of the time. And the reason I wrote that was as soon as that shifted internally, it felt like, as I said to you, it felt like someone took the jigsaw piece, flipped it upside down, turned it 90 degrees, and it slotted perfectly into position. Mm-hmm. And what that's done for me now as a writer, it's only been a couple of days that I've done this, but my copy's gone so much better. I'm looking at stuff and gone, I can make this like three times better. Here's how I would change this. And I just mm-hmm. go into it. So there's like, it's really weird. That voice of doubt, that voice of self-sabotage is not there as brutally as it used to be. It's quietening mm-hmm. down. 
it's learning to be more supportive. So that's like kind of a big shift. And that right there, it's, it, it feels like I've finally dropped the, uh, I've finally taken the gloves off and gone, mm. you know what? I'm not in the ring anymore. Let me run this properly. Oh my God. Watch out world, man, because you were dangerous before. I can't imagine what's going to happen now. Oh yeah. Where there's like no actual, and this is the thing I always like people, some people said I'm arrogant. Some people say that I'm like cocky or whatever it is. Guys, I'm not cocky. I'm not arrogant. What I am is I've done the work. Okay. I've, I've put in the time. I've put in more time than most people will ever think of putting in time. I've ran more tests than you have. I have failed less than you have actually, because I failed only, it's going to sound a lot. I failed 400 times ish out of 13,000 and a half plus campaigns. So not a bad ratio. No, no. I think a friend works it out to like 3% was my error rate. I've only like lost yeah. of like ad campaigns, which isn't bad. No. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Most people have like a 60% like win rate. I'm like, no, we got a 97 and it's pretty much what I do. But, but, but what did you do with those ones that you lost? Did, did you just oh, re- they keep me make up it night. better? Oh, I refund them as much as I can. I try and like find a way to make things amends. Sometimes it doesn't come to that. Other times it does. Uh, I've had a few bad situations come out of it, but I always wish them well. Like I have no ill will yeah. to anyone. If I ever see them, I'm like, hey, good to see you. There's one or two people, if I ever saw them again, I'd happily put them in a coma, but you know, <laughs> you can't. So instead what I do is exactly. avoid them. <laughs> yeah, you know, for legalities. Uh, yeah, legalities yeah. Some moral issues, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, do you do well with authority? No, but I've already said it already. If I ever go to prison, like if I went to prison for like murder or something, like I accidentally killed someone or something, I will tell you right now, I'm going to go to find everyone that I want to kill and just kill them. And be yeah. like, look, I'm going to jail anyway. <laughs> exactly. Might as well do this. Like get that hit list. Because I know once I go to prison, there's no chance of me coming out. Yeah. And two reasons. One, I have a problem with authority. And two, I really like fighting. Like I have a real love for fighting, like combat sports. So there was a chance I'm and I'm mouthy. I'm very mouthy. I know I will mouth off to the biggest guy in the yard. He'll start a fight with me. Something will kick off. I'll make enemies. I'll end up in solitude, solitary confinement, and I probably won't come out for a while. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well go in there with like a really fearful camp of like exactly. fearful reputation. I imagine yeah. nine people very brutally. Yeah, right. Get the fuck out of that psycho's way. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you want, brother? <laughs> It's just like, uh, wait, what? What did he do? It's like, yeah, he dismembered this guy's entire family and glued them together. I'm probably not even going to do that, but I'm going to leak it to the press. Yeah, exactly. Right? That noise. Like, if I'm going to jail, I want to sound like the most gangstrous human to ever enter those halls. It's like mess with him. Only because I look like this. I, look, yeah. I don't look like I can fuck someone up. Like I walk in and everyone's going to underestimate me, which is only going to add to the mystique of it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you do? It's like, oh, his methodology. He's very quiet and low, like non-assuming, which is why he got away with it for so long. After, an, uh, what was it, a nine-year murder campaign, <laughs> right. I'm going to really fuck shit up for myself one day. They're going to find this and be like, you motherfucker, you said you would do it. It's like, I'm not, I'm only kidding. It's a yeah, story, right. I It's a story. Uh, so are you into like martial arts or anything like that? Uh, one could say that. Uh, well, uh, I've, I, I, I love Muay Thai. Uh, I did Muay Thai okay. for a very long time. I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fairly regularly. Um, I analyze combat sports and I can 
tell you right now, like I love, so I don't know if you watched the UFC at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they had Israel Adesanya or Adesanya mm-hmm. uh, versus Paulo Costa, mm-hmm. everyone, like a lot of my marketing friends, David Fry, I'm calling you out. I love you, brother. I really do. But this one I had to call you out on. <laughs> I just love the fact everyone on his throne was like, Polo Costa's going to smash Izzy. Izzy doesn't know what he's doing. I was the one dude on there like, Izzy's going to smash. What do you mean? Really? Izzy's going to smash him. It's a one-sided fight. Trust me. It's a one-sided fight. Like, yeah, he's, Izzy's going to beat, get beat. I woke up. I got up at 6 a.m. specifically because I knew that was the time. I got up at 6 a.m. on a goddamn Sunday. This is how petty I can be. Yeah. I fucking woke up at 6 a.m. And my only status was, what was it? Star sign, uh, cricket, star sign, dot, 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 and still. And I left it at that. That was all my post was. I went back to bed. I got zero responses. Like, like one person responded and went, I knew he would win. Yeah. I know how many people saw it. So I was like, oh, those tickets definitely yeah. saw that. They just didn't want to let me know. So, so what is it like that you like about, uh, uh, you know, breaking that stuff down? I guess because I didn't get to do it as much anymore. Mm. I don't get to do it as much anymore. So for me, it makes me still feel connected to the sport. Mm. It lets me actually see things and, Honestly, like anything I do, it's because I enjoy it. Like, fair enough. Like, someone might say, why the fuck would I listen to Adel's analytical opinion about um, why Khabib Nurmagomedov is going to fight Justin Gaethje and how that yeah. fight's going to go down, or Lomachenko versus uh, <clears throat> Tiafino Lopez this weekend. How, how, like, why should anyone listen to me about it? Well, you shouldn't. But if you did, you'd start to realize that I actually am not an idiot around it. Like, I actually do know what I'm doing. Because what I love about it is I used to also coach people. Hmm. Like I used to coach people in Muay Thai. So I know how to make people dance and use distance. I know how to make other, like, um, how to, so I'm a tall rangy fighter because I'm six feet tall, but I'm mostly limbs. I have a small upper torso and Mm -hmm. high boxing. I'm very rangy and I used to fight a much lighter weight class. So I was like a good four or five inches taller than everyone. But I'm a tall dude that likes to fight on the inside. Oh, so what I would do is I'd beat you with shots on the way in. And then when I got to essentially elbowing range, which we can't use in the UK, I'd throw a leg kick at that angle because you wouldn't expect it. Hmm. You wouldn't expect my leg to go up at that angle and whip down across your, th- across your thighs. And you'd fucking feel it. Cause like I'm right in front of you. Mm-hmm. you know, I want to punch him, but I'm like, I've hit you two or three times and that kick's already gone through. You land one, one punch on me. Fine. Good for you. Mm-hmm. I'll take a step back and keep doing it again. But it's that whole idea. So it's like looking at how people analytically move around and then using that same stuff and how you can use it in copy because you realize yeah. there's a real strategy going down underneath, like how to bait someone into making a move that they not they may not think mm. they want to make. Or making someone make a move that they want to make uh, only at the wrong time. Yeah. It, uh, lot. Th- that's interesting is is you're, you're correlating in, in both those worlds, copy and the martial arts, you're, you're super focused on the other person and making your move based on that. Uh, what, mm-hmm. I, what I see a lot is people try to talk, you know, it's kind of a stereotypical, an entrepreneur talks more about the, the product and how cool that product is versus uh, and selling that versus trying to sell uh, the problem that the prospect has and, and what they're running into, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not about you, it's about them. Yeah, it's, uh, but also at the same time here, so I just want to like jump. No, in no, no, you're there. good. But it's also about you. 
because old school direct response dictates like an 80 20 split or like a 90 10 split between them and yourself like talk about them their benefits what they want how it's going to help them 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 with very little about you but we live in a day and age where people believe in credibility so much more so they need to know who you are so if you talk mm. about a good 70 30 split between you and them so 70 percent them 30 percent you you will see a massive shift in your sales Hmm. So how much does the old school direct response, you know, stuff correlate into now? Are there things that still, you know, tried and true yeah. principles or are there are a lot of things changing? Everything. Like yeah. No, everything is the same. It's just, you got to adapt slight, slight bits. Hmm. So how do you like know you, what to adapt? Uh, you essentially kind of feel it out based on what your audience is feeling right now. Like authenticity has become like a huge part. Mm hmm. Um, of how to put this. So authenticity has become such a huge part in who we are and how we do things. I mean, even my show, when I first started it was because I wanted people to be authentic. And that was like eight years ago, uh, seven, eight years ago, where we were just like, I know you're a guru, but also I know you're a bit of a dick. And I like the fact that you're a bit of a dick. We actually get along really well because you're a bit of a dick. Mm -hmm. uh, why does your audience not know how funny you are? let's change that so that's basically why that show even existed at the time that it existed and still does no shit it's because you figure out exactly what your audience wants to know about you what's happening in the changing times and you adapt those principles of direct response to the new thing which is why when people say what i do is basic yeah what i do is basic but what i do is i take the basics and take them to a new level that mm -hmm. makes it still look like basic until you look underneath the hood and realize that what you're really racing is not a mini you're racing a v8 you know, engine that's about to just smoke your ass because you think you're on a bike. You think you're on like a great bike, but you're actually on just like a little two wheeler. Right. Destroy you. So essentially, it's that. It's because I make the deception look simple. Hmm. And by deception, I actually mean like I'm deceiving people thinking how complex and strict, like they're going, oh, this is really basic and simple. You look under the hood, it's far more complex than it really is. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's one of those things where you, you really understand the essence of the principles and, and know how to maneuver and I don't want to say manipulate, but maneuver those principles, right? Yeah, exactly. It's complexity in the simplicity of it. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so what else, what, uh, what, what didn't we cover that uh, you think is important to, for people to understand so about copy? Yeah, I know. Right. So little time. So actually, let me well, ask you this. So um, yeah. before we dive into that, sorry, I, I didn't mean to kind sure, of- Go for it. No, please, please, go. So um, why, why is it important for somebody to um, understand, well, I guess, how do they have to know when it's important to outsource copy versus trying to do with themselves? Like, what's the distinction there or isn't there? It really depends. I always tell people if you don't have the money to hire a copywriter, like, because sometimes a copywriter can be really expensive. Other times, if you know what you're doing, yes. Like, I, I have a consulting service that basically verbalizes copy for people. And that right there is usually a case because a lot of people, like, most people can't afford my higher end fees, or some people can't afford my high end fees. So we get them onto low stuff that helps them get the results they need anyway. But I always tell people, Try and do it yourself at least once. Mm -hmm. See how it feels. And if you don't like it, hire it out. Hmm. And the reason I get you to do it at least once is because you, you then have respect for what uh, you're about to hire out. 
So I don't want to hear, hey, I did the, like, have you done the research yet? It's been one hour. Go fuck yourself. I <laughs> it's exactly it, right? <laughs> I had a client once say, to, yes, years ago, they paid me and 30 minutes later, they were like, hey, so I sent you the payment. Have you, uh, have you started on the copy yet? To which my only response was, dude, I'm taking a shit. I will literally send you an image if you want it. And he was like, what? You don't have to do that? I was like, yeah, but you're asking me a really, like a really dumb, dumb question. question. <laughs> what, what, like, when was the deadline? Six weeks? It's not been six weeks yet. I'll probably think about this in two weeks. He's like, what are you going to do? I, w- I don't do cocaine. I don't do hookers. But I literally responded back with the words, hookers and blow, bitch. To which you went, really? I was like, no, I'm kidding. I'm straight edge. At this point, I'm straight edge. Yeah. I was like, I'm straight edge. But like, dude, come on. I'm not going to focus on your thing. What I'm most likely going to do, I'm going to go spend that money on something I really wanted. And then probably going to jack off a bunch of times and then eventually come back to like doing this. But don't worry. You'll get what you want. You really don't want to know my process. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Expectations like that are just, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, so l- let's go back because I interrupted the, yeah, the sure. prior question. So what, what didn't what what haven't we talked about? You think is important, right? Story, emails, content, uh, mm. presenting yourself, pitching, closing, content on social media for yourself or for your clients, webinars, VSLs, psychology of selling people and telling people what to do and how to do it, how to use this exact same stuff in your everyday life to get what you need from that as well. There's a myriad of stuff, including yeah. words that I hate. What's that? Oh, let's talk about that. Because so, so I've seen this. Uh, we're friends on Facebook. I see a little bit of this. So it's a uh, share. This is fascinating to me. I love this. I'm a dick for words. I really am. But, but I love but, words. But some of this, like when I, I, when you articulate it and I understand and I read what you're saying, I, I get it. I never thought of it that way. So go ahead share some of this. Yeah. It's amazing. So like one of the most infamous note words I'm known for is that my dislike of the word learn. I hate the word learn. It's probably one of the dumbest languages in the copywriter's dictionary. And the reason it's really dumb is because learn should only be used for you. Like I learned this today. Well, mm. I learned this the hard way. The reason you don't do it for your clients is because if you're selling to an entrepreneurial type personality, we don't like school. We never did. It was an internment camp where our dreams went to die. Why would you take us back there, you horrible, horrible <laughs> bitch of a monster? Why? If you ever, like, trust me, I've done this with a client. I changed her headline from learn how to do this to discover how to do this. Her exact testimonial was, I switched the word learn out of my copy. We 10 x our revenue in the next launch. Oh my God. One word. One Only word. difference we changed was well, one word. And the reason why you change the word to like the word learn to something like discover, uncover, or reveal is because when you do it that way, you're taking people on an adventure. It mm. gets people to move a certain way. What we don't like is people going and saying, learn, because learn sucks. Learning mm. means pain. And why would you actually want pain? Like you Amazing. won't. So your brain evolutionarily chooses pleasure, which is mm-hmm. why I write with pleasure because that's the whole reason. Like uh, what I'm going to say is like, okay, you're about to learn how to lose a hundred pounds in 45 days. Well, I'm about to show you how this mm-hmm. thing works or even more so discover how you could lose up to a hundred pounds in the next 45 days while still eating pizza. And no, this is not too good to be true. And the, the way that feels like in my body is completely different. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like I'm attacking you. I'm actually bringing you in. Or it could be something else. Like, that's the Discover headline. An uncover headline could be, 
finally, uncover the hidden secrets behind weight loss, uh, behind losing 100 pound, up to 100 pounds in the next 30 to 45 days while still enjoying pizza. Or mm. even finally, revealed my super cool pizza secret for losing 100 pounds in the next 30 to 45 days while still enjoying that doughy goodness. Yeah, like the word revealed makes me excited to hear what's going to come next. Yeah. It's, it's like little things like that. And that's kind of like the etymology of words that people don't want to look at. Um, what do you mean? Like, okay, so words have meaning and meanings have power. Mm-hmm. And people don't think about how words affect people. They don't. Mm. They, 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 like, I've met some copywriters that use fancy-ass English. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I've met others that use basic-ass English. And again, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You, need to make sure, you want to make sure where your customer lives is where you hit. Mm. Are Nothing else matters. Yeah. It, are they living at a place where their high education speak like a high education person? Mm. Is it a society that is, to be fair, high education still means great, like 10-year-olds. It doesn't mean, maybe a 12-year-old, no more older than 12. You always want to talk to people at that age because it means that you're describing everything and there is no room for error. Hmm. And that's key. So when you're using certain words, so for instance, um, how many ways can you say the same thing is the way that I always look at this. So are you writing, let's see, get out of debt, get out of debt this week, pay off your debt, uh, manage your debt, any kind of thing that kind of ends with the word debt, Mm -hmm. right? How do you say that? Um, Unlock your own freedom. Be financially (laughs) independent. Uh, pay off, uh, what was it? Pay everyone that you owe off or pays itself off in 30 days or anything like that. Basically, I know that debt was a bit of a weird one, but it's something you can use. You can see how you can dress up the same message in multiple yeah, ways. Yeah. And it, that's basically what that is. And it's the understanding of the meanings of the words and then articulating them differently. Yeah. Interesting. So what, what other words don't you like? Because I know, I know there's a handful. Oh, there's words like that. The overuse of the word that. So there's learn that, uh, but. Everyone uses but way too often. Um, one of my least favorite ones is the word because. Like starting a sentence with the word because. Sometimes it works, but not always because you can use the word as instead of because. Okay. Um, <clears throat> always play with that. But there's a few others, and my brain's kind of drawing blank on them, unfortunately. But no, like, no, that's uh, good. <laughs> but these ones will get you started. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny how the the common words that people use can detract more than uh, more than attract. Uh, and 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 I, I, go ahead. Sorry, you just remembered like two phrases you want to remove forever from your vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, let me be honest with you or let's be honest for a moment or anything oh. with the words honest when it refers to you. Because it presupposes that you're... You've been lying. The entire you've been time. lying. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so when I'm attaching it to, to me, don't use it. But when attaching it to other people, it's okay? Or No. <clears throat> No. Well, you can. You can just say, he honestly said this. Or, oh. But instead of using honestly, you can say, he sincerely said. Yeah, right. You can, you can use a different descriptor. Yeah. Interesting. Well, listen, man, this was a really fun time. Uh, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, you being on. 
how can people find you? Um, uh, where, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? You know, what, what can we share for the audience? Cool. So if you guys want to talk to me, find out more about me, head on over to adilamarcy.com, uh, which is my main website. You can reach me there. Let me know that you have, you know, Brian, Brian's show, Brian McDonald's show, and I will know that it's you and I'll let you in and we can have a chat. Uh, find me on social media under the handle Adil Amarcy. I'm literally the same person everywhere except for <laughs> YouTube, where I am Adil Amarcy official, where we'll be releasing the first 48 episodes of my Think Like a Copywriter series. Uh, we've all loaded that up. I just need to do the thumbnails and release them because mm-hmm. that's a thing I need to do. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you guys can literally find me online. Just you know, reach out to me, tell me that Brian sent you and I'll say, Hey, if I can't accept you on Facebook, hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn. And, uh, and everybody, if you didn't write that down, wherever you're watching or listening, this, uh, listening to this, uh, we're going to share all those links. So don't worry about it. Just, um, look wherever you accessed this recording and you will find that stuff. So Adam, man, I appreciate you being on, man. I, uh, I really enjoy you. I enjoy your work and uh, look forward to, you know, continue our relationship. And thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of the On Purpose Growth Podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks guys. Bye. The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy.